Welcome to the BWT But We're Together podcast. Eavesdrop on our conversation as an interracial couple. I'm Darlene and I'm black. I'm Wes and I'm white. We are going to talk about travel and lifestyle, family and personal topics, education, news, and trending topics. Let's go. Hey, Darlene. Hey, Wes. How you doing? I'm good. And uh, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm excited about our episode today. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, just want to remind you, a friendly little reminder to head over to iTunes and uh, leave us a review and a five-star rating. And um, we value the feedback that you can give us and your words mean a lot. So tell us uh, what you enjoy about the show or give us suggestions for upcoming episodes. That's right. Yep. yep. Appreciate you. So what are we talking about today, Darlene? Well, uh, lots of been go- has been going on as usual in our dear beloved country, um, but we're going to focus on something uh, meaningful to me, and mm-hmm. that is the life and influence of Aretha Franklin. Yeah, it's uh, meaningful to me as well. Yeah, and I was going to mention it. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like it, 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 came, it became more meaningful to you after me. After you met me and we be, we got together and all that. Sure. Is, is that true? Yeah, that's true. Okay. Okay. That's why I said it like all right. that. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, you have some songs queued up and we're going to talk about uh, how you experienced Aretha Franklin's music growing up. So um, can, can I just ask you, do you remember where you were first when you heard her voice? Where do you well, think that was? Well, that's the thing is like I never re- remember not having her as part of my like in my she's sort of my heartbeat sort Mm, of um mm. since i can remember i don't remember the first time i can but then memory wise i guess i go back to the first memory that i can recall and that would be there's like two yeah and one is um like in the back seat of my dad's ltd like falling asleep (laughs) to her in my ear as we're driving down the 60 freeway i'd imagine it was a 60 freeway yeah and so, like, I grew up with her in my dreams. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it, she kind of, like, became a part of my subconscious as, from as early as I remember. And then another memory that I have is um, I was at this, I put this on social media, which I uh, since... Um, left i left facebook for a while you're just you're just taking a break right now yeah just taking a break it's all right yeah so if people are looking for you you'll be back (laughs) (laughs) i guess so um but i remember this time vaguely you know how uh memories are especially when they're so far back you just don't remember the details but you remember the emotion yeah the feeling yeah you remember the feeling um and i remember like there's it's kind of shadowy now but being at this adult sort of party with my dad and he like just pulls me up on the dance floor after the house that jack built Mm -hmm. uh comes on and i mean i'm sure i look i don't know how i look dancing but i just remember this feeling of joy yeah you know you think you're like eight or nine somewhere in there i didn't know i was like three or four (laughs) oh wow (laughs) maybe closer to five or something but no i was very young yeah Uh, play a little bit of that song oh you want to hear that oh let me see Uh, 
yeah. So that was a. Uh, I mean, just those the intro to her songs are amazing. Yeah. You're talking about respect. Yeah. Right. And so I'm gonna let. So just that what that song meant in terms of like anthem, I guess for black women, and then for the country. From the interviews that I've heard, she was when she did it, she was talking about a respect between a man and a woman. Yeah. But then because of course she's this huge international star, or national star for sure. And as an African American woman, it became like this anthem for the civil rights movement about hey, you mm. know, we just want respect. Um, but what about the intro? Yeah, I was just thinking about the um, when I think about the song, I just think about that guitar line and how uh, that guitar line um, kind of just sets up the tone of her vocal delivery. And um, it's, it's an amazing guitar yeah. line. And like you don't, you know that song. There's like certain songs that are gonna. You're like, oh, I know that song. Within the first second, it begins, and that's one of them. One of those guitar leads that you just know. Right, right. That's right. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna play uh, respect, and we're gonna hear that guitar line. Not that you guys don't know it. I think it's like one of the most popular. It's like as popular as the Bible, <laughs> probably in my mind. Yeah, so that like the um, almost sassy feel of the guitar mm -hmm. tone is just as a great introduction, right? Yeah, it's like bringing out the emotional tone that uh, the lyrics touch on. And so that's Jimmy Johnson, and uh, we're reading Wikipedia right now. It says uh, Muscle Shoals uh, Recording Studio, famous, famous. Um, you can Google that. There's some great documentaries actually oh, yeah. uh, on the Muscle Shoals sound. Um, so make sure if you're interested in that, look it up. But um, he he just made that song so special by putting that his uh his guitar sound on on it so yeah so what did what did you think about i mean i remember singing the song growing up in the 70s you know yeah. r-e-s-p-c-t i mean it's just one of the catchiest songs ever <laughs> it is it's not you know catchy is is a is true it's catchy but it has like i think that guitar that intro on the guitar kind of speaks to the soul that it has mm -hmm. and this like ability for Aretha to to kind of catch you deep inside you know mm -hmm. um, so I like it's hard for me to put into words what her music is for me because it, it's so much a part of me it's like she made me soulful because you're like before you really were ready even you know um, but because, like I said, I she her songs were in my dreams because my dad would play it uh, when I would be sleeping in the car. I'd fall asleep to her. I'd wake up to that, you know, her sound. Uh, it's really difficult to to really put my yeah. finger on the depth that she um, how she impressed yeah. me. It's kind of trying to like trying to explain how the weather where you grew up made you a different type of person as if you grew up in another uh, type of climate. I mean, right, it just, it's it, just uh, in, in, it made you who you are. It's deep in your bones. I think that's what yeah. you're trying to say. You know, it's like what soul <laughs> is. And when you explain soul to people, it's like always kind of nebulous. Yeah. <laughs> because it's something you feel. But for example, like s some of the things I heard growing up, like, like Elvis or Barbara Streisand even, or the Beach Boys, like they have different emotional characteristics. Like the Beach Boys, 
like a lot of their sounds sounds kind of like sparkle or wonder or like this super optimistic view yeah, of the world very much so um almost like to the a fault of being like one dimensional you know so yeah. contrast that to like a song like respect yeah. which is just like taking you into this place where like you're singing about the need for respect i mean i remember seeing that we would sing it to each other or like neighbor kids like when you felt like you're being disrespectful yeah it's like a pushback song (laughs) you're like i'm gonna sing this even as a seven-year-old or whatever because it's you're like i want this and you're not giving me this yep yeah that definitely um and then that song is probably the most enduring i guess because you know, no matter what wedding you went to or what, I don't know, birthday party or barbecue <laughs> you went to, especially early on, that song was going to get played. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's like probably her most enduring. She's probably most famous for it. Yeah. 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 I know you've been watching some interviews lately about um, uh, Aretha. Uh, do you do you have one that you saw recently that you just, just sort of captured something special, something maybe you didn't? know about her or just a slice of uh well okay so of the interviews that i've watched what i've noticed there's like a thing a theme um about Mm. her character that i've noticed and she's always very um like calm and very comfortable talking Mm. about you know whatever question she was asked and she did it with um like you know class still means something to me Mm -hmm. and um i think there's so much um emphasis on sass and and she had that but she also had this class with it Mm. and so combined combined sassy with class and you have this person that as a little girl i saw as a figure that i could look up to and i'm noticing that as an adult now and not realizing the impact that that had on me in those days i saw um an interview with don lemon and who he interviewed gladys knight and gladys knight and aretha um they both have that to me and Mm -hmm. like when gladys was being interviewed you just had you just saw nothing but love for aretha franklin and you you know you just you're you're like oh yeah i remember these women these wonderful voices and they were also women with um something that i admired you know as a little kid and so you might see you saw a lot of different examples of what women were growing up but that was also an influence yeah you know and it was a positive one i think back to that era and it seems like possibly um i wonder what your take on this is but like they're aware that they're in the public eye in a way that is more than just about their music. I mean, yeah. even like their lyrics are can have be can be read as having a social consciousness. And then they're um, it's almost like even though you don't want to bring it in like respectability politics, they're yeah. they're part of that era where they were, they were yeah. part of the respectability era because they had so much at stake like these artists today they're trying to you know i guess it's a cycle right you had the respectability politics of the 60s and 70s um and then today you have that we're trying to lose that we're trying to tell you that we can still be respected without um being who you think we should be right we don't have to conform in a certain way or wear a certain thing or dress a certain thing way or wear our hair a certain way but back then that was definitely like i think of almost all the standout african-american figures like from politicians to um, athletes to singers like like you see them being interviewed and maybe it's just 
American culture has changed so much. But it's always like suit and tie for the guys. Right. Like, I mean, they're representing on a higher level than mm-hmm. just like, you know, this is my yeah, business. It was much, there was much more at stake. And even though there was the respectability maybe in their interviews and um, maybe they had to speak carefully. And even when a white interviewer would say something kind of like, you know, insulting, like, their what's my line that tv show from the 60s and 70s or whatever where there are three panelists mm-hmm. or three or four celebrity panelists and then they would try to guess who the um celebrity is right at, you know being blindfolded um that guy that was the the host he was asking aretha is singing native to you I'm like, what the hell <laughs> why would you <laughs> and then she had lost some weight and he was asking her about or telling her how great she looked and it was just like he was on it way too long and it was just disrespectful um, and she she was very, very respectful the whole time. So someone today would be like, you know, I don't really want to talk about that. That's not <laughs> part of what I am. But OK, so she they, they did that. But then there was the music and that spoke for itself. Yeah. And that spoke for our culture and that spoke from deep within. And they couldn't touch that. So in my mind, seeing her being having that respectability politics, the last word, the last note they had, yeah, you know, because of what they um, gave in their music. Yeah. So it's interesting, like you think of Elvis, like his image is just sort of like whatever unbridled energy or um, almost like he was kind of known for being raunchy and moving his hips. Right. That's yeah. that's like he almost symbolizes like the early rock and roll spirit let's say i mean definitely Um, so like (laughs) with aretha then for you she had this like class and sass yeah and music and and soul and soul and also um you know i just so you have like etta james and you have like aretha franklin and you have like wait before them you have billy holiday and these are women whose experiences you, you just can't even imagine and it's because of the era that they, they, they grew up in and the things that they had to endure as black women, um, as women, then black women, and then black children and black girls, you know what I mean? And so that comes through in their, in their sound. Mm-hmm. And that isn't something that could be translated or explained very well. It's, it's something that is like um, inherent in that, yeah. in that music that makes them who they are. And then you have Elvis, who spoke kind of a different language, you know, in terms of the depth of whatever it was he was giving. And I mean, for me, you know, he's a 70s um, artist. I was a 70s kid, but we were like really ready to reject Elvis by the time that we were, you know, I don't know if you remember that, but it seemed like... Yeah, I think think of him as like coming out of the 50s and 60s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We thought of him as old fashioned, I guess, and from the wrong era, but I never felt that about Aretha even all the way through my life. Well, (laughs) that's interesting. Like Elvis had this like, and not to stay on Elvis too much, but he like transitioned into more of a movie star phase plus his music. And and then it was kind of this... um, uh, weird you know pop icon thing and aretha was really like she contributed consistently over the decades through yeah. creating music yeah and, and i mean it's all good that elvis had that influence the influence that he did have because he he blended the rock and he stole the soul and he stole the blues <laughs> um <laughs> you know big mama thornton or hound dog i mean mm-hmm. he stole it so i mean he brought to white people like oh this is our soul we're soulful now because we have our own guy you know 
so that's okay because that's yeah. what how music evolves um but Rita was it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's a it's a whole other whole so other what do you thing. what do you think because I heard you say a second ago like so you kind of didn't almost finish the sentence but that she was a, a female black child yeah and that experience that kind of that triple yeah, experience layering of so identity. what did that mean for you because that was well, that that's was the something thing. like I've read some essays. I haven't read them all. And I'm sure there's some really good ones out there on her on, and eulogies and stuff. One was horrible. It just brought up all this trash stuff uh, and unsubstantiated rumors and stuff. But um, that's the thing is that when she when she sang, it just it affected me as a little girl. It yeah. affected me in this really positive way. And it like grounded me in my black identity in a way that I would have never even thought about, you yeah. know, I uh, never really thought, I mean, I don't think that much about being black, but you think about how, what makes you, what makes me that. And it's those influences, um, for sure. Like that's one is that Aretha Franklin was in my dreams when I was three years old, yeah. you know, and it brings into this con brings you into a consciousness that you're not really able to explain or intellectualize yet, but it's there. And then when it's ready to wake up, it's already there for you to grab a hold of and and shake a little bit yeah know? yeah that's interesting i think part of part of that is this um authenticity and like uh, a sweetness and a tenderness yeah. but also like a perseverance through struggle yeah that i i mean i think that's also why people embrace her as like an american icon because right there's i mean that's part of our our history like going yeah. way back i mean we talked about the the play Hamilton earlier in the summer about like, but the American struggle, as much as you might want to, <laughs> for lack of a better pun, whitewash it, like yeah. it's a it's a story of struggle and like yeah, and she sure had that in her and yeah. the feeling that she had in her song yeah. So you have um, you have this like innocence and like kind of purity, but then also like a, a pushing through. Uh, the struggle. Yeah. Um, I was wondering if you had another clip, another song that you wanted to play, something. Uh, well, you know, there's so many, but uh, what is this song? Say a Little Prayer. Play a little bit of that one. Okay. So, and then I'll tell you about this. Oh, well, it's not necessarily a story, but it's an anecdote. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's saying so many people's songs and sang them better. <laughs> oh my gosh, her and Luther were good for that. Mm -hmm. Like they take somebody else's song and do so much with it in terms of their style and their, um, like their lyricism and their um, ability to sing. Yeah, I, I think um, like one of your favorite songs is "Bridge Over Troubled Water." Yeah, and, Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, and then I think. Did I, when you heard this one, you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing Nothing for me can touch the original because I, I used to play it like during my like oh. angst-ridden angst teenage years. Yeah. I'd play the cassette tape, Bridge Over Tub of Water, and fall asleep to it. Just, I'm sure, awash in emotional teenage <laughs> angst. You make it, but you I, dismiss it. That's real. But Those that emotions. was, yeah, yeah. So that song has just that, um, 
they that, have that un- undeniable power yeah. of speaking like to somebody in a time of sorrow and right, right, right. Uh, struggle. Uh, but yeah, her 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 version of Brids over troubled water is is great. It's it's amazing. Is it gonna play soon enough <laughs> to keep our listeners are we interested? This is a live version. This is always problematic. It's not the best version. It's not the best version. It's not the best best recording. <laughs> but um, yeah, that that recording, you know, the recording is actually really amazing. Yeah. So what do you take away from that? That she takes other people's songs and makes them better in like an um, like just very stylistic. Way. I mean, I think that if like when you talk about prolific singer, she's that, but she's a prolific. I think um, a ranger and she plays piano like I have never heard and her, mm. her ability to accompany herself while she plays I mean yeah singing and playing together I mean she's like the piano is you know like another singer yeah. <laughs> you know she she plays it so well so I think um, and that's something I didn't really know mm-hmm. uh, until she passed is kind of the the depth to which her her playing and arranging influenced the sound yeah. like because there's so many singers out there who had they had a producer or um i mean i even think of like michael jackson like if you subtract quincy jones like it's a and it's that, a different uh artist it's a different like artist, those those yeah. early albums right. but with her she was like contributing that um that arrangement um because yeah. of how she played did you hear that NPR songs. interview um I think this is where I heard it. When she first went into the studio or early on, she was with these like monsters. They're like amazing um, guitar players and horn players and drummers. Mm. And she said they were everything they were playing great and she was singing well, but it just wasn't clicking. And then finally, one of the musicians said, oh, Rita, why don't you go play piano and let's try it that way. Mm. And then when she sat down at the piano, that's when her career took off. Yeah. Because that influence and that ability of her to, to play and sing and, and, and riff from her own, you know, piano uh, music. Yeah. That, that was amazing and that was unique. And it, it was, that's Aretha. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody was telling me they heard an interview where they, uh, one of her first record deals or maybe the first was they wanted her to sing like Broadway show tunes. Oh. And she was like, nah, like <laughs> that's not who I am and that's not what I'm going to be contributing. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, obviously she went the R&B route in spite of what the record company might have wanted. Yeah, but then... I don't know. I think, you know, there's that famous uh, a Grammys or something where she played in place of the opera singer. What's his name? The famous. Anyway, she did this <laughs> opera song and she did it. She practiced it within an hour or two and then went on stage and blew it out of the water. And it's being called one of the greatest performances oh. ever. And so Pavarotti, she sang Pavarotti. Pavarotti's song. Wow. And, and so it, it wasn't, she, she was open-minded, yeah. you know. Even on that uh, What's My Line thing yeah. show, she was like, he says, are you, one of the uh, panelists was like, are you a country western? Are you famous in that genre? She goes, no, not yet. I, I'd <laughs> like to be, you know, so I was like, oh, that's so cool because that's a, a 
the uh, mark of a true musician yeah. who isn't like stuck. Yeah, and that made me re- remember the interview you showed me. Um, I think it was Soul Train, where she's sitting next to uh, oh Smokey Robinson. Yeah. Um, and so they're kind of being interviewed both, and they're both from the same neighborhood, which is That's kind of a, a cool... Uh, In Detroit. Yeah, a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, Don... Uh, What's his last name? Cornelius? Cor- Don Cornelius goes. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I didn't want to say the wrong thing. Uh, Don Cornelius goes, uh, well, can you play one of Smokey's songs? And like, I swear she hesitated for a second. Like, what? <laughs> and yeah. then, and then, then she's, it was the most beautiful thing. I, she I mean, starts like, playing I the piano. I like that song before you just did it just then. Yeah. No, that's was, not true. I love Smokey. But I mean, she, uh, and then Smokey joins in. It's such a sweet moment. As you grew up out of childhood into teenage, uh, early adult and adult years, yeah. um, how did your view of her change or how did her influence or impact on your life change over the years? Oh, wow. Well, so again, the soundtrack of my life, I never remember not hearing her. Um, and so you could ask my kids this mm-hmm. when I was raising them. The reason why my kids know Aretha so well is because I would play her like on Sundays, like all day. And it was a way for me to be an adult, <laughs> even though the kids were there. You know, it was, a, it was a time for me. I could I could just like kind of lose myself in the music as I was cleaning up or as I was hanging out with the kids or whatever. And so, I mean, I've, I've played Aretha my whole life. Mm. Um and especially in those moments, like you were talking about troubled water, it wasn't like I was brooding or whatever, but I definitely was that longing or whatever that mm-hmm. you may have for something. If I put on Aretha, I was like, like a little bit closer to it, mm. you know, to attaining it. And yeah. so, I mean, she, I can't, it, it is really difficult to describe. So there's like this, this sadness about her, her death. But then if you think about it, there's nothing has really changed for me. You know, it's almost like me. I still have everything I ever had yeah. from her. You know, it's just that her being removed from this planet right now is is what's sad. But yeah. I still have her music. And yeah, you know. and one of the other amazing things is just being creative, uh, creatively productive, like into your 70s as an artist. I yeah. mean, she was 76 when she passed, but I still remember when she redid Adele's song, Rolling in the Deep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I was, tight I was like, what the what? I'd be so happy if I was Adele. Like, oh, you want to <laughs> do my song? Oh, oh, you want to pay me? <laughs> yeah, and, and it Adele was... probably wanted to give her some money. Yeah, it wasn't a safe uh, way to redo the song. Like, it took some creative risk. And I remember first, like, I don't, 
I don't know how I feel about this song. And then you listen to it more and more and, and then you just grow to like love it. Um, so oh, yeah. yeah, that's cool. Well, let's, uh, let's play another clip from uh, Aretha's catalog, shall we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's this one? Oh, this is Rocksteady. Rocksteady is like one of them dance songs. And it starts off, this is like also one of those songs you recognize like the, the first note. Yeah. And something <laughs> it's like our, that, it's a, I don't know what that instrument is. <laughs> the first, uh, people won't know, viewers, not viewers, listeners won't know, but like Darlene will put on mm. uh, music for like exercise. And so she'll be like, oh, I'm going to play a song and then she'll start dancing to it burning some calories this is definitely one that you get up uh, and, and uh, burn calories too yeah play a little of that yes yeah, the organ you got some hi-hats uh, it could be a bass like high notes on a bass yeah somebody will listen and tell us what what the instrument is mm-hmm. and then her voice is just on fire right here Yeah, she has that uh, passion and energy, not like aggression, but like assertiveness. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, and it's uh, cheerful. <laughs> yeah. You know, some people like are, it is like a little bit, did you say she is aggressive or not? She, I say it's assertive, it's assertive, not aggressive. Yeah, yeah, and there's this brightness and this cheerfulness. I don't know, her voice is, um, yeah, it does... It does happy things. It's <laughs> <laughs> an interesting yeah. way to, to put it. Yeah, my vocab like got stuck. But yeah, so that's um, I mean, I I have all the love for what she's done. <laughs> what? No, that's great. Have I expressed the depth of what she meant in, in I mean, some sort of? When you, you say know. she was your heartbeat and you say that you grew up uh, not knowing a moment in life without her, like that's a deep uh, co- commendation, you know, that's mm-hmm. a, a, a deep way to talk about somebody's influence is yeah. that ever presence. Um, yeah, but I, I think like, let's say she was here. What would you say to her? Oh, well, that's that's a, a way to make me sad. But I would say thank you, of course, and um, just how, like, I would thank her for what she did for the little girl, for the uh, um, the young adult, and for the woman that I am, and then thank her for what she's done for the culture, and then I think also for what she's done to bring America together, because, you know, music has that tendency anyway, but when you have someone that's, like, just from the bottom of her heart, trying to pull people together with her message that that has resonance and that has like enduring meaning uh and i i I thank her for all of that yeah that's a that's a beautiful tribute yeah oh well thanks (laughs) (laughs) what would you um i mean i know that you didn't necessarily grow up with aretha franklin you know playing in our hallways out of your hallways (laughs) at the creasel house but um I mean, I would. What do you? What would you say? Yeah, I would thank her for giving my wife a role model of somebody who's uh, peaceful and positive and powerful. I mean, like that—that kind of triumvirate. You have somebody who's just exuding power through her voice and her presence, Mm -hmm. but it's it's um, it's music that's not um, 
divisive or destructive it's it's harmonious and peaceful it's like a positive force right um like and that became a role model for you and it was like a voice you always had um and it just kind of kept you as like a you know I hate to get too metaphorical but it's like a north star like you're like you always know there's there's that voice out there that role model that person you can aspire to right Um, and then even more you know there was no you know people have controversy in your life and you're always compassionate for them but Aretha like she was stand up from like from for as far as I remember you know just living her life um you know to me probably the best she could yeah you know and I sensed that that was a value she had her whole life yeah so Aretha Franklin we say thank you yep and everybody else thanks for listening and uh, leave some comments and uh, words for us on iTunes and we'll get back with you next time All right, thank you for listening bye thanks for listening and if you enjoyed this episode please leave us a 5 star review on iTunes because that really helps us out you can also listen to us on Anchor, Google Play and Stitcher and follow us on social media BWT but we're together on Instagram and Wes Creasel and Darlene Creasel on Twitter. 